Mr. Pop. A nice bit of ass covering there, Brian. Well, you know, it's a great ass. It's a pity to cover it. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Plug yourself in while you're doing it, Brian, can you? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how we go. We'll see what the energy levels are like by the time we get about halfway through the show. Welcome, everybody, to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier with me, Mark Fine, Brian Mannix. Hello, boys. How are we? I'm well. I'm undecided. And why I thought we- you were going to say you were undecided. <laughs> <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh. Uh, uh, why, no. you und- uh, why are you undecided? You're not, a vic- you're not in Victoria. You're not voting in the next seven days, so you don't have to do any of that stuff? No, no, I, I, but I would be recommending everybody. Look at my T-shirt. I was about to say, what, oh, that's the Ian Cook. That's the Cook um, saga. Yeah, so this guy got screwed. Um, this is Sluggate, isn't it? The guy's lost millions and millions of dollars for doing nothing wrong. All right. But anyway, he, he's, he's running, running against him, isn't he? Yeah, and so, you know, I don't mind if Labor gets back in, but I want Dan out. So I want everybody to vote for Ian Cook so that Dan is no longer the leader of the Liberal Party, the Labor Labor Party, Party. and, um, you know, let somebody else have a go because he's done a shit job. He's terrible. Now, hang on. I could go on and on and on. Well, you have been on Twitter because I've seen you've been, uh, every time Dan Andrews posts something on Twitter, you jump on and and make a comment about it. (laughs) So you've been busy this weekend. Well, you know, I thought I'd get kicked off Twitter, but I thought I don't give a shit. You know, they kicked me off for a week. I don't care. But, you know, this guy's sitting there. Posing, oh, I'm going to have a thousand gigs, you know. Well, last time he gave money to the music industry, he hired Barnsley, which was a New South Wales act that did yeah. nothing for Victorian music. You know, the guy's a dickhead and he made us all wear masks so we'd all have shit ears like him. Now, a man who has is, is Twitter is not even in his not, – not only does he not have a Twitter handle, he doesn't even, even go anywhere near – uh, the Twitter universe is Mark Fine. How are you, Finey? How's your week been? How's things at Lenny's? Lenny's is going great. Good to hear. Everybody, welcome. Yes, Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield. I do have a Twitter handle. I've oh, do you? Seven thousand followers, you know. But I just have you really? I haven't t- yeah, I sort of built it up with Rowan a bit, but I haven't touched it. Not going near it for three years. Never going to go. Near oh, hang on, it you don't have Facebook. You do have Twitter. That's right. You don't have Facebook. Yeah, I don't have Facebook, not touching Twitter, not interested. Yeah. But I'm very excited because you might even know this guy from around the traps, Brian. He's a customer of mine. Oh, His so name, just, what guy yeah. from around the traps? Sorry, I was. Yeah, so you might yeah. know this guy um, from around the traps. He's a customer of mine, really nice bloke. Mm. He's Israeli. His name's, I think it's Draw. Draw. Draw, D-R-O-R. Cool name. I love it. And he used to have, I think he owned or he he ran, I think he owned The Prince. But he's very, he he made his money promoting bands and music and and music festivals. Oh, right. eh? And he's got one, a touring festival called Good Thing or Good Things Mm. with Regurgitator and a whole lot of bands. But he's done something that I thought was impossible. Which is? Pulled Tism back together. Yeah, I saw they played ah. on the weekend. 
Yeah, and they're they were on. Ra- they hosted on, Rage on the weekend too. Yeah, and they're going to be playing on December the second at Flemington. So I'm going uh, with Rowan. <laughs> they um, they, I saw them post about twenty minutes of Rage on Saturday night before it to I, bed. On Saturday morning, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as Ron Barassi and whatever the other character's name is, Ron Hitler Barassi, in the black face with the white um, sort of uh, what do you call them, science sort of coats all over. The, yeah, the, they're as out there as any human beings have ever yeah. been. And one of them, I know, used to be a copywriter at uh, at Triple M and Fox when I was at Triple M and Fox. I didn't know he was a member of TISM. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're straight, straight-laced uh, blokes during the week. I mean, oh. oh during, you know, they're teachers, I, lecturers. Yeah. I was, at, I was at my brother's house um, on the weekend and um, – he had rage on it, and reco- they showed an old clip of Tism at recovery, and they had like some sort of like seventies or early eighties aerobics team in front of them. <laughs> yes, and, and I've they seen were that. just and they just dragged all of the camera crew and everybody and everybody's trying to do aerobics and shit. And but what really blew me away because you know I just remember them mainly for defecate on my face, but. And I thought, oh, this is just shit ass. This is crap. But I was actually really impressed with the music. I thought it was really, really ahead of its time. It sounded like today when it was done so many years ago. So well done, Tism. Yeah, some of their music's. I, I mean, I love. Um, I'll never be an old man. River Phoenix. Um, <laughs> I'm on the drugs that killed River yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, I'm on the drugs. I'm on the drugs. I'm on the drugs that killed River Phoenix. No, 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 no. You know, he's on the floor in his death throes. I said, I'll have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good lyrics. I think that's when I saw that clip of him on recovery was when the last time you mentioned him on the show, I went and had a yeah. had a look at about five, oh, five or six different bits and pieces and concerts and stuff they'd done. They're very, very but, entertaining. But Thunderbirds Are Coming Out is a great film. They're, yeah, that's, um, they're, they're good. That's, that's when there's like... 15 different bands miming their songs. That's right, yeah. Is that, is that the one where they go down the, the line? It looks like it was shot in yeah. the, like a warehouse outside a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a parking bay for trucks or something. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. <clears throat> yeah, that's brilliant. That's yeah. really, really clever. Yeah, very funny. Um, very good. Oh, and, and yeah. yeah, great song, but really well done. The whole way that it goes through the yeah. uh, the 25 or whatever it is, different things is really clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're good. So no, they're how good. did he? How did he put them back together? Did he get them to go back together again? Because I thought they were never going to. Yeah, they ever. said they were never going to do it. I don't know. I guess I guess every muso, no matter how much they say no, has that itch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And as they said, because you know, because they're sort of in in costume, you can't tell how old they are. And as they pointed out, we we're in shit our shape at the time, so it's not like we <laughs> our bodies look any worse because yeah. we were shit then and we're shit now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the other morning while well, after Chisholm came on, the Cosmic Psychos came on, and I've never seen the Cosmic Psychos. They're playing as well on that December 2nd. Oh, right. Well, the lead guitarist, he looks like he'd be more at home at a TAB having a frigging schooner. He's yep. got his shirt off. He's got his big fat gut and man boobs, and he's just rocking. And I thought, this is really cool, you know. <laughs> and they, they all looked, they all looked really old, but they're just rocking. And I thought, and you know, the fact that he took his shirt off and he's got the guts hanging, I thought, yeah, rock on. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was really good. 
I like fat guys playing guitar. I don't who know. um who else is on this on this show, Finey? Anyone else? Oh, uh, there's like 30, 30 acts. I, I oh, can't okay, remember. it's one of those days. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. There yeah, unfortunately thousand people there. There was unfortunately. Are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. There was unfortunately a couple of those big concerts like that this weekend just gone in Victoria where um, uh, the the crowded house one down at uh, Mount Dunedin finished up being a bog. Um, yeah. it, it looked more like uh, Woodstock in 1969. They had bloody four-wheel drives bogged everywhere. And the other one I saw was, I think it was at Werribee, at, uh, at the mansion at Werribee, the Susie Quattro one, uh, the Electric Day one or whatever it's called, that uh, with John Stevens and all those People, yeah. that that, um, that was pretty wet too. So, unfortunately, hopefully they get a good day. Yeah, and I went to – I took – so I just – I didn't even know it was a major night, but I just said to Nat, we weren't doing anything Saturday night. I said, let's go to the trot in Melton, which is a long way away. But there were great ones. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. But, you know, we only saw two races because there was like a one-hour delay. With the rain. Oh, it was coming down. I felt so sorry for them. It was free, free entry. Free rides for the kids, pony rides, yeah. a, a carnival. There was a DJ. There were food trucks. Um, and when we got there, it was packed. You know, we had to park out in some back oval. I thought, this is great, you know. The rain came horizontal and every everything, all the food trucks, everything packed up and left. Oh. One minute it was packed and then it was all done and dusted. It was really unfortunate. That's terrible. Oh, hang on. Uh, just a quick, uh, uh, Brian, can you give us a weather update from where you are, please? Oh, look, it's it's cooled right down here now. It's probably about 25 degrees. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> it's nighttime. Um, I'm wearing a Vote Ian Cook T-shirt and shorts and thongs. Mm. I've been for a swim, and I was in Melbourne this morning, and my God, uh, I love it when I come to Melbourne and you just go, yep, I made the right decision moving. It's just, you know, the sun was hot, the wind was cold, it rained, it hailed. It, like, for God's sake. You know, this is all Dan Andrews's fault because yeah, he's, he's. It is not. Stop he's, it. He's paid Jan a whole lot of money. No, today was to, today was to living, stuff up the weather. Today was living proof that people have had it wrong for years and years and years about Melbourne's weather. Four seasons in a day, bullshit. We had twelve. It was, it was horrible. horrible. It was just horrendous, and um, just made me reminded me that yeah, made the right decision moving to Queensland. It's it's fantastic here. It's beautiful. I've got the windows open. I'm looking at the balcony. Unfortunately, yeah, it is on. school. It oh, is yeah, school. Right. So there's a lot of dickheads. And if you want McDonald's, you just yell out and they throw it down from upstairs. And <laughs> there's already been four lots of schoolies kicked out of my building. And I haven't seen much of it yet, but apparently it's fairly horrendous. So we don't think we'll probably be venturing outdoors for the rest of the night. Won't they all be at that strip club you go to? Well. <laughs> yeah, they probably will be. They'll be wrecking it because, you know, my friend Amber, you know, she pays special attention to me, but there's all the schoolies there with lots of money. That, that's going to wreck it. My friend Amber. Oh, God. And Summer. <laughs> Summer. And Madison. <laughs> Crystal. Cherry. Oh, God. Coco. Oh, they're all there. They're great girls. You, you guys want to come up and meet them all. I'll introduce you to them all. They're, they're just top birds. I'm sure you will. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the business of the uh, of the evening, June 20, 1975 is our chart. Uh, here's the top ten. Number ten, My Eyes Adored You by Frankie Valley. Number nine, Fire and Rain, Marsha Hines. Number eight, Love a New Mini Ripperton. Number seven, Summer Love, Sherbet. 
Six down, down status quo. Five, killer queen by queen. Four is happy birthday baby by Tony Christie. Three is ego is not a dirty word. Skyhooks. Two, January pilot. And number one, yesterday's heroes by John Paul Young. Well, it's not a bad chart, this one. It's a very, I think, a very good chart. Yeah, I like it. Yep. It has its moments. Yes, it does. Um, now, before we start, Gills. this is a riddle, you know, like those. So it's not, it's not a joke, it's a riddle. Riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> Are you ready to do it? Yeah. Yep. All right. There's four black roosters standing on a fence. Mm-hmm. Yep. How many feet? Are there on the fence? Eight. I'll go with you that. You happy with that? Yep. How many eyes are there on the fence? Eight. Eight. How many wings? Eight. Eight. How many of the, you know, the red things on their head, the coxcombs or whatever? Mm-hmm. Four. Four. Yep. When a white cat comes up, sees the black roosters and wants to, wants, wants, wants at them and snarls at the roosters. How many teeth does the white cat have? How many teeth does the white cat have? I thought Brian? the answer was going to be roosters don't lay eggs. But, um, <laughs> I was waiting for. That's funny because I was waiting for the for the uh, you know the hen rooster. Which kind side of will thing. The, yeah? Which side will yeah. the egg fall? Well, yeah. well, just how many teeth does the cat have? Um, if you don't know, just say I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't. Know. I don't know. How come you guys know so much about black cock and so little about white pussy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit of a concern, actually. My 15-year-old daughter told me that. Oh, charming. Get her on TV. That's fantastic. Money for the education's going well then. Yeah, correct. (laughs) Hanging around with all the right crowd. Yeah, private school education, that's what you get. Yes, it is. Actually, I was having that conversation with someone on Saturday night about uh, all that. So schoolies week uh, is underway in Queensland, so we know that. That's uh, one of the top ones. Election week is underway uh, here in Victoria. Have you voted yet, Finey? No. No? Are you going to? My seat's a waste of time. I'm not going to vote so I don't get fined. Yeah. I'm in the worst seat in Melbourne. What seat are you in? I, I actually have to check which one I'm in because I've re, rezoned um, my area and added an extra seat, and I'm not sure if I'm in it or not. Um, I mean, I'm in one of them, but I'm not sure which one I'm in. What seat are you in? Melbourne. Oh, is that the Greens? Yeah. Yeah, that's Adam. What, is that Adam? What's his name? I don't know what it is, but I'm done like it. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of a vote. <laughs> Fair enough. What, what do you mean? Oh, the Greens—they're just. Oh, sorry. I thought you—I thought you had a crack at finding. No, no, the Greens. It's like you know. Well, what do they just, do? It, they get the deciding vote on things about the economy. They got no idea about the economy. Yeah, but Brian, and, people are sick to death of the two major parties, and they're looking for something else. And and at, okay, and there was I, a time there about probably five or six years ago where the Greens looked like it might have been something of an option. But the problem with the Greens is all their policies are idealistic, impractical rubbish that people vote for, knowing that they can never actually put it in power, but people like to, you know, feel better about themselves and and pat themselves on the back for doing something about the environment by voting for somebody or a party that's never, ever going to be able to implement the totally financially reprehensible Ideas that they've got, you know, it's, it's all a bit like, in theory. They're, they're just an ideology. They're not a, in practice a party. Yeah, they're just d- trouble. They're just, you know, 
obstructionist. I think that's the best description I've heard of the Greens ever, Finey. Well done. Um, they're, well, obstructionists. They they're obstructionists with no chance of actually doing anything constructive. Um, and it's all ideological, which is fine. People, people love all those ideas of, you know, if, if you could enact those ideas and not impact on the country's financial situation, you know, yeah. for yeah, some fine. people that'd be for some people that'd be heaven on earth. But it's just simply impossible. I mean, you know, you well, know, close down, not. close down every mine, every industry, every fishery, every car, every this, every that. It's not That's possible. Worked. But but you can vote for them if if you're if you're a dreamer, or of course, which is why they do so well in seats like Melbourne. If your if your own life is careering out of control. Vote for them because let's f everybody's life up. <laughs> well, they're virtue signalling bastards that, you know, it's like what they're proposing is a bit like trying to drive a Cessna to the moon. We don't have the technology in the Cessna yet. But I was driving down to Warrnambool the other day and um, they've got all the big windmills up there, you know, the big thing, you know, making China more money. So there's must have been 40, 50 of the bastards. Not one of them was spinning. And Is that we're possible? Warnable. There's no freaking wind. It was doing nothing, just making the landscape look like shit. And are they turned off, know, or are they just? What's the story? I just don't think there was any wind. And oh, okay. Just, there was like forty of these freaking things, and and we're sitting there and I go, look at this. None of them are even moving, and we were laughing our heads off. Well, we weren't. We were concerned about the future of Australia. But um, <laughs> do windmills yeah. actually work? Because I, on the way to Melton, right near Melton Racecourse, there's some reception centre called the windmill. <laughs> well, now I'm tell telling you, you, when when we went to Melton, it was that windy. I mean, the the wick from Wizard of Oz came blowing across our windscreen. <laughs> it was it was as windy as I've ever seen, and that windmill wasn't working. And I think Ooh. I've got a feeling that that reception centre, the windmill, is just it's a front. It's just a you know, <laughs> it's a giant brothel or something. That's not a real windmill. Isn't that a winery? Isn't that the 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 witch witch mount winery that's got the big windmill there somewhere? I think it's not a windmill. It's a it's a pretend windmill. Uh, yeah, not a real well, one. Just uh, just a little bit of uh, information for you. This will be good um, for America to uh, go totally green. Mm. They'll need five hundred thirty nine thousand square kilometers of windmills, and that's pretty much the size of a couple of states. So I don't know where you're gonna where you're gonna how you're gonna do that. Trump, but, he can uh, do that, can't he? If Joe can't Trumpy. do it, can't Trumpy do it? Oh, Trumpy will make it happen. Trumpy will just say, <laughs> get stuffed. We're drilling some oil. We're finishing the pipeline. We're going to be energy self-sufficient. We're going to make cleaner oil and cleaner gas and, you know, and then we'll sell it to the rest of the world. But, you know, you know yeah. Anyway, now Trumpy will be good. He'll be all right. I don't think he'll get back, actually. I think um, no. Rob De, Ron DeSantos or uh, Carrie Lake will I think someone's go, get to go. someone's going to pull the political plug out on him and that'll be the end of him. He'll just sort of float away. Like, you know, you know, you see those when you pull the plug on one of those inflatable things and they just sort of float off into the distance? I don't. I can't see Trumpy just floating off into the distance. Oh, i got a feeling someone will assist him to do that. It'll be one of Look, those. There's, a real, there, there's actually a sort of a parable or a, a, it's a um, – yeah, it's a 
It's it it. Oh, I wish I could speak, but there's something <laughs> Tony, about Tony, we, we do too. We, really we, do. we were just thinking yeah. the same thing. Funny, the, but yeah, there's, you know. there's, there's something about Trump that, in fact, is mirrors his political ambitions and his reality, because he he doesn't accept the truth or the decisions or the result, but because he's been a billionaire all alive and gets his way, mm. he just thinks he can sort of buy his way or bully his way or bluster his way through things. I'm going to tell you something. Donald Trump is bald. (laughs) No. You mean that that hair's not real? But I think uh, Paul's He refuses to accept it, and he's been able to sort of pay some version of hair to exist on his head. (laughs) I think um, I'd like to have a good look at Paul Stanley in that regard from Kiss. Um, and I'd even check out Alice Cooper and Mick Jagger. I know that Kiss used to wear hair extensions way back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. But but I got a feeling, you know, these guys in Kiss, they don't mind getting a bit of Botox and filler and facelift and lunch shit. I saw a photo of Paul Stanley today, and he's got got the curly hair going on. Um, Yeah, I reckon reckon his hair's full of shit. Yeah, I agree. Ooh. Look, it was controversial. It was Ted Danson that proved that with enough money, you can actually have a decent rope. Yeah. Well, he used to have a little sort of like a Jewish bit at the back, didn't he? Like, you know, the Jewish hat. <laughs> he, he had like a little bald spot at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, oh, he he's just bald, had that bald. bit to fill. Oh, yeah. not at the front, though, is he? He's a bit like yeah. Jared Healy. Isn't he like Jared Healy? Sort of like, you know, all great at the front, but uh, no party at the back. Male pattern baldness. It's a, it's a curse. I think we're right. all pretty lucky. I think us three are fairly mm-hmm. lucky. No, we're. I think we're all in. Uh, all in the good part of of that. But you know, the beautiful thing about men is, and this is why, and I don't mean to upset the girls, mm-hmm. but girls are never going to be as comfortable with themselves as we are. You know, you can be a fat, bald bloke walking <laughs> down the street, and you, and you still think that you're gorgeous to women. Girls don't think like that. They think, oh, no, I'm a bit overweight and, you know, oh, my hair doesn't look really good. I need to get it done. But, no, nah, guys, you saw me my songs, big fat gun hanging out. Yeah, chicks will dig this. That's how arrogantly stupid we are, and I love it. You don't reckon blokes don't uh, – blokes aren't as equally obsessive about their appearance as women? No. Are. They're not – they're not not to the same I degree. Am. I am, but I don't think most blokes are, no. Yeah, okay. I am. I'm getting tatted yeah. up for a reason. Hey, you see, he's yeah. look at look at what look at the body work that's going on, ink work that's going on uh, the fine body machine. Yeah, well, well, anything to distract from your face, and I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going again, and I'm going again this Saturday. Goodness me, you are getting a lot of work done. You get people, going, ro- people go, "Why are you seven? getting it so quickly?" Because you're said, old. You know what? You know what? I ain't getting any younger. Yeah, well, that's and, right. And um. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, I've got a plan, and the plan requires regular tattooing. Fair enough. Till I get, you know, till we get where we're going. I heard I mean, a. This uh, one's the biggest one of all. Which one? The next the one, one coming up. Oh, yeah. okay. Your back. Top third of my back. Wow. I had a bloke I used to work with, very, very talented young man. You um, sounded like you're in the bottom of a well, Brian. Sorry about that. Um, 
Now, I worked with this bloke at Sportsbet called Max Price, and brilliant cinematographer and film editor and stuff. He's great. Anyway, he decided he'd get his name tattooed on the side of him. So he had Price written down his side. And then it's my good friend Simon said, well, shit, I hope you don't ever get a big love handle because it's just going to say prick then. <laughs> <laughs> how, old, how old was he? Oh, he's only about 20. So, you know, know just, Do you want a story about Max? He's a great guy. Yeah, I got him started. He's got, he's got ginger coloured hair? Yep. He's a good friend of uh, Russell Gilbert's. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's a good friend of I know him. So want to hear a great story? Yeah, I do. You know his father, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. He's a he does sells horses and stuff in Hong Kong. Yeah, he lives in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. he's David's David's son, Max. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, he, and his mum used to be a jockey. Yeah, Jenny's yeah, mum rode the foot. Jenny, yeah. Jenny Chapman. Oh, yeah, great couple. Yeah, David, David's a mad. David Price a mad bulldog supporter. Yeah, yeah. He has the bulldogs. Yeah, over the colours. Yeah, trip. He had the horse named after Russell. Yeah, well, he said. Yeah, he's had plenty of horses. Yeah. Well, he made his mark in Hong Kong as a um, bloodstock agent because yes. he he bought their greatest ever horse and sold it to a Hong Kong guy. That's what he does. Silent Witness. Oh. You know, the superstar. It's yeah, actually it's a Tasmanian right. bred. It's by El Moxie. Anyhow. So it, what, it was, it, parents were brother and sister, I suppose. <laughs> so, so Maxie was boarding at Caulfield. Yep. Um, and and um, he sort of David said because I lived around the corner from where the boarders used to live. Just keep an eye on him if he, him or his sister ever want to, you know, just they can pop in. So I knew Max and his younger sister. I mean, Max always. I don't. I, 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 I can't what, remember. She's a lovely girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what Max, whether he's still at whatever, but he always wanted to be in in cinema. So yeah, I'm, he's got his own I, little production company, and he was doing yeah. stuff for Eddie McGuire for a while. Yeah, yeah. And Price is well connected. Um, he went over there as a professional punter and was very successful. Anyhow, so one day Maxie. Just out of school, and his mate go to deal or no deal, and they oh Casey Casey went with him. It was Casey yeah. and Roughhead, and yeah, yeah, no, no, my, my daughter was part of that. Yeah, 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 I know what you're going to say. Keep going. Anyhow, he won twenty-one grand. Yeah, so Pricey rings me up. And he goes, cocky little bastard, my son, you know, he's rung up. He's Because he agreed to go halves with his mate. No, they went thirds. Or thirds Casey, or whatever. Casey, Casey yeah. got about seven grand because they went in. With the three yeah, yeah, so they, they said, whoever gets on the show, we'll split it. And yeah, correct. And of the deal, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So Pricey rings me and Gilbo up and said, fine, and this is perfect for you. Yeah, because he hasn't got his money yet. And it actually happened just before the summer break. Now, you know, the rules in game shows are till it's actually screened, you haven't won the money. Yeah, that's right. And if it doesn't screen, you don't get the money. Correct. So he yes. said, ring him up, say you're from Channel 7, whatever, have a bit of fun with him. <laughs> so I've rung him up. I said, hello, is this Max Price? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is um, 
Uh, you know, I've made up a name. Stephen Connolly from Channel yeah. 7. Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark, whatever. Stephen Connolly from Channel 7, head of light entertainment and gaming, game shows. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on uh, coming onto the program and having a win. Must have been very exciting. Yeah, 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 very exciting. I said, I've got some good news and some bad news for you. <laughs> I said, look, he said, I'm going to be up front with you. Um, I'm going to be up front with you. We're not actually going to screen the episode in which you won the money. <laughs> and he just, he said, what? He said, I've got friends involved. I've got to, everybody's expect people, you know, we're expecting to be paid. I said, hang on a second, hang on a second. It's not all bad news. I've got some great news. Next year, the show's being reformatted. The top prize is $150,000, and I've got you tickets to the first screening. You could get selected again. (laughs) He just, he goes, but but that's not, what, I don't get anything. I said, you've got those three tickets, Max. Now, don't complain. (laughs) And he about 10 minutes later, Pricey rings back and goes, Oh, for fuck's sake, the kid's almost suicidal. Ring up. <laughs> I said, I, I said, I told him I'd set it up. He doesn't believe it. For God's sake, fine. He ring him up and tell him that you were the bloke behind it. <laughs> so I ring back, Max, this is actually Mark Fong. <laughs> Beautifully done. Uh, yeah. No, I think Casey got seven grand out of that. So uh, Yeah, so I'm glad. Yeah. I like when the story is. Heard from both ends. That's very good. Yeah, no, no. It's um, yeah. I remember that. I remember because they were both working in the sports bit with me, and um, you know, Casey's comes and says to me, you know, me and Max are, and Ruffy are going on, um, you know, deal or no deal or no deal. You know, really? Yeah, okay. So yeah, we're going to do this, and then you know, Max, you know, he's charming, and you know, he's the sort of like you want to have on camera. But like Casey'd be all right, do and Ruffy, well, not so much, but. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and I thought, oh yeah, okay. And then he got on, and they won, and it was it was great. It was a really great time, a really good little thing. Yeah, there you go. And is there a, is there an adjunct to the story where he rang his dad, got a tip for a horse, and turned it into hundred no. grand? No, okay. no, no, no. Smart boy, conservative didn't... than that, young Max. Yep. Smart, uh, smart boy, put the seven grand in the in the kick and went. No, off you go. I've I've done well. Yep. No, that's there you go. Very good. Yeah. All right. Feel good story. All, it's all flowing really well tonight. Tattoos and the max price and deal and no deal. There's, with. there's your six degrees of separation type thing going on between you two. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's totally seamless tonight, Kev. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It's let's, see if we can, let's see if we can put a truck. You, you, are co- <laughs> you, are, you are correct. It does seem less than last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any interest in the one-day internationals between Australia and England? Uh, speak now, forever hold your peace. Zero. Yep. Meaningless no. piffle. Well, why is there so much? We've just come off the back of a T20 World Cup and we go into a one-day international series against England. Why? But uh, but hang on. There's good news. Mm-hmm. We're about to embark on a test series against West Indies who had their T20 dream destroyed by Namibia. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there'll be a test powerhouse. That'll be that'll be you know that'll bring back the <coughs> memories of the great old days of Greenwich and Haynes yeah. and you know uh, Richards and Lloyd and Roberts and Holding and uh, Marshall. That'll that'll th- this will rekindle those good old days. 
I'll tell you a little story about the West Indies. Um, my dad, who was not a racist man in any respect, um, he used to teach Italians how to speak English and he was very good like that. But around the house, he'd just say whatever popped into his head, a bit like myself, say something to offend everybody. And he'd be watching the West Indies play cricket and say, Viv Richards goes out and he'd go, that's it. On your way, darky. You know, it's just like, oh, Dad, you can't say that, you know. But it was a joke, you know. It's like, he, you know, he had no racism bone in his body. But it just became this running gag. He'd go, that's it. On your way, darky, when they got one out. Anyway, my nephew Brock went to the cricket with his grandma. And it's West Indies. And somebody goes out. And Brock's about nine or eight. And he just thinks it's okay to go, that's it, on your way, darky. Oh, didn't go down too well. Oh. Poor, poor grandma was most embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, though. We don't know where he heard that. Yeah, yeah uh, Mr Manic says it all the time. <laughs> oh, look, my dad used to wear, if he was watching the tennis, he'd have a tennis hat on, he'd have the cricket on, he'd have a terry toweling hat on. Oh, God. Well, he, he, was, he was very funny, my old man. Yeah, he but, was a um, slapstick comedian, you could tell. Yeah, but only at home. It went yeah. outside. He was very prim and proper and did the right thing. But um, that's it. On your way, darky. Oh, my God. And, yeah, so anyway, sorry. Uh, Probably taking up too much time. No, it's all right. We look forward to the West Indian uh, team taking on the Australians in the in the Test cricket. That'll be just riveting. Um, well, let's hope. Let's hope that the audience doesn't take after my dad or Brock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. On your way. Well, they could be saying it a lot in the pre-lunch session. That's for sure. Um, AFLW Grand Final this week between Brisbane and Melbourne. Uh, speak now, forever hold your peace. Do you have any interest in that? I'm interested that they're playing it. At some third-rate training ground. The Springfield um, Centre or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's actually called, to be honest. I know it's in Springfield, um, which yeah, is on that, the south side that, of Brisbane. That means Homer Simpson's going. Yes, that's what someone suggested <laughs> to me, that uh, Homer Simpson's uh, stadium was. But it's that uh, because of where the, the season is, all the Gabba, you can't use the Gabba, and because in the constitution of the AFLW, I believe this is why it's happening, the team that finishes on top, gets the home final, um, so it has to be played uh, there. It, you can't pick it up and take it and put it in DeMarble, which is the stadium the AFL own, and you would think is probably the best place to Well, Well, the, reason, the problem was that, and you might know this, Brian, that they wanted to use Metricon, but there's some, I don't know, some festival yeah, on. Yeah, there is. That- now, Metricon's the Gold Coast Stadium. Yeah, I, I, I heard that it wasn't Metricon. Um, no, they can't always- use it. There's something on there. No, it's a big. Uh, there's some sort of festival, some two or three day festival on at Metricon this weekend. Gabba's yeah. Gabba's been used for cricket, so they can't use the Gabba. So the only place they can use in Brisbane that is of the uh, available to to be used is what is basically the Brisbane Lions Training Centre, which is in Springfield and ha- has a capacity of eight thousand people. Doesn't the Southport Sharks have a really great ground and facilities? Doesn't have a I don't think I don't think it would hold any more than that. Oh, okay. So this is their this is their new state of the art training facility. Um and that's that's that. That's that's where it's gonna be. You would think wow. You would think if they wanted it to be a showcase event, you'd you would have booked it into Marvel Stadium, regardless of who was playing. Uh, because of the time of the year, 
you're not going to get any grounds that you could that play cricket because they're all going to be used. So why not put it on the AFL stadium? But they'd get they'd get fifteen thousand surely. Yeah, but yeah. Marvel looks terrible with fifteen thousand. I reckon. I've seen those VFL grand finals. They look crap. Yeah, I, well, I've been there in the early days when uh, I remember we played Fremantle there and they beat us, and uh, I reckon I reckon there was maybe ten thousand tops, and it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible play. It was, it was boomy, and uh, you know it was, it was yeah. very very ordinary. But uh, well, let's be honest. It, it's the the gate receipts are not a, an issue. So wouldn't you just make it free and make, let people come along? What did they get to that? They got. Was it fifty thousand they got to that AFLW grand final in Adelaide? Yeah. Well, surely you could do that again. Oh, that's, yeah, I know. It's Adelaide's different, you know. Oh, yeah, that's Adelaide, good. I know that. The Adelaide cicadas in, in, in bloody beer cap throwing get ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. Well, their team was Go in on it. Adelaide. Go their, on Adelaide. Their team was in it, so it made it different. But uh, yeah, I just it's it's it is a, a curious place to be playing the grand final. With, that's the um, that's the situation. Well, apparently, um, I'm a bit excited. I think it's six a.m. tomorrow morning, so this will be obviously passed by the time it's people hear it. But I think the Socceroos are playing France at six a.m. I might have to get up. And, Wednesday. Uh, oh, right. It's not tomorrow. No. Thank God I didn't get up tomorrow. So okay, but um, no, I'm really excited about that. I think we'll get our ass kicked. But it's the freaking World Cup, and she was, you know. It's the biggest sporting event in the world, and we're part of it. And um, I, maybe we can beat Tunisia and score a draw with Denmark and bullshit our way through the top sixteen. But um, I think it's highly unlikely because what I've seen of the team is pretty rubbish. But you no, know, the team's probably, not. No, the team's not rubbish. The team's as good a team as we can put on the field. Well, that's right. Which is rubbish. A, it's not as huge as rubbish. It's not as good as um, <laughs> what USA, Italy, France, Brazil, Germany, Netherlands, or anybody else will put on the field. Well, so, you're saying we be, we'll beat Tunisia. Well, Tunisia is, I think, ranked 32 or something, and we're 38 or something like that. So we're there. Well, there we, we, we might go without them straight sets, but I'll be keenly watching them because I love the World Cup and I would probably go on to this one because I want to go to a World Cup before I die. But you can't get a beer in Qatar. Well, f- that. <laughs> well, you can, but it's a Bud Zero or something because Budweiser, I think, is the or Miller's one of the American beer. I think it's Budweiser. No, is they're, the, is they're the serving sponsor. beer now. They're serving it now. Oh, have they changed yeah. again? Yeah, yeah, they're serving it. That's oh, like okay. 20. It's fifteen so, bucks for a glass. Because didn't didn't the the first game Ecuador and Qatar the they they weren't serving it and half the crowd walked out. Mm. No, no, they weren't. They weren't serving it because it was a Qatari game and half the crowd walked out because they were Qataris and they were losing two nil after thirty minutes. Oh, they they should most- never they okay. should never have got this World Cup. They've had the Qatar the Qatarists. <laughs> when, you, when we talk about this the other week, and you, the guitarists, yeah, weren't you saying the other week that you know this totally f-ed up the English Premier League because all the players yeah. have got to go and play for their country, and normally it's held, you know, in June or July. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. only on, it's and only on this time of the year because it's too friggin' hot to run it in June and July in Qatar. Yeah. Well, apparently, I was, there's a good documentary about FIFA's corruption, and um, had to go for three weeks. 
Yeah, well, I've, I've only, I'm only about – I keep falling asleep while I'm watching it. But, um, yeah, USA had the best bid and they didn't get it. Um, it's, it was totally corrupt and bullshit, allegedly. Um, <laughs> don't want to get down and get the show sued. But, um, yeah, it's total bullshit. But, you know, if if it was in some other country, I probably would have gone because I love I, – I really love soccer now that I've got, you know, got the hang of it through PlayStation and – and, you know, unlike the Olympics, it's like everybody's playing the same sport. Yep. You know, there's, you know, 192 countries that play this game and, you know, it's, you know, even just to make the World Cup is a really big deal. So, you know, well done, Australia, but um, I think you're going to embarrass yourselves. No, they won't embarrass themselves. I don't think they'll embarrass themselves. They're, they're not – we're not in the top – 16 in the world, that's pretty obvious. And and this side might not be as good a side as previous sides that we've had, but it's the best side we can put on the park. So, you know, you go with that. Yeah. Straight, yeah, okay. The the, the A-League's getting better. I think the quality of the A-League is getting better. Um, I don't know. Every time somebody gets good, they get drafted over to, you know, the Championship League. Or, well, that's good. That, or that, Italy. That's going yeah, like, to make our national team better. Oh, great for our national team, but I don't know. I reckon the A League's dropped right off. I thought we were all pretty excited about it when it first started, and that first grand final with I think Melbourne Victory won it. You know, it was chock a block, and it was great. But I don't know. Because, Sydney you know, won people, the first one. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh well, Melbourne won the second one or whatever. But it was chock a block anyway. It was great. But I just don't know that there's the passion for it that there was when it first started because, you know, people like Aaron Moyer see him playing and I go, wow, this guy's really good, and then he's off to overseas. Anytime you, you get a really good player, they get drafted overseas, which is great for the player, but not so great for the A-League. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, this this young man that everyone's, you know, talking about in this Socceroos squad, the 16-year-old, who's just signed, for, yeah, just signed for Newcastle. So he'll finish the World Cup and then I think he'll go over and play – Probably on loan to another team from Newcastle while he um, while he gets himself sorted. So he's a gun. He's a gun. I was really impressed he's when I saw him. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like he's not safe. He's just oh, I'm going to take the game on and um, and you know he's you know he's got a bit of Maradona about him. I reckon the way he dodges players and keeps the ball going. He dodges three players and has a shot at goal. God bless him. Well, I hope that's the the similarity between Maradona finishes there. <laughs> what was Georgie best to think? Where'd you blow all your money, George? <laughs> well, you know, women, drinks, and the rest of it I just wasted. Yeah. <laughs> God bless him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he certainly did, uh, did know at a party, that boy. He was the best. Well, he burnt through a couple of livers, I do believe. Um, <laughs> his own and his own, and I think one or two after that, didn't he? Please. So, World Cup, finally. I know you're a student of the game, even though you're a West Ham supporter. You're a student of the game. Um, who wins the World Cup? Do you think can France win it? No, 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 no. Brazil. No. Yep. The Poms. No. No. Brazil or Argentina? Okay. Playing who yeah. in the final? Do you think? What about Portugal? No. That's Ronaldo, no. isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to go for it. Or Bra- I'm going to go for a Brazil-Denmark final. Oh, wow. Oh, God. They're in our one. group, aren't they, Denmark? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was hoping we'd get a draw with Denmark, and that was the only way we'd get through. But uh, I like, I like, sounds Den- ominous. I like Denmark because Christian Eriksen's playing for them, and I like him. Good Spurs player. He, I like he was his the- photo. I like his photocopiers. Well, he was the one who died in an international game for Denmark about twelve yeah. months ago. Yeah, died on the pitch. Yeah, bang. Wow. Brought back to life and now he's uh, he's playing again and playing in this World Cup, which is quite an amazing bloody story when you think about it. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, anything else anyone wants to put on the table before we go to our chart from uh, June 20, 1975? No. residents vote in Cook rather than Dan Andrews and go with Socceroos and I'm, I'm done now, Keith. You are? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only uh, black arm band I wanted to mention was uh, very sad. Robert Clary died at the age of 96. LeBeau from Hogan's Heroes, the last surviving member of the major ensemble of, uh, of that show. And he was for many years on uh, Days of Our Lives and uh, I think The Young and the Restless. Uh, so LeBeau passed away at the age of 96. He had an amazing, amazing life story, Robert Clary. Didn't get he, he was a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, he was, yeah. And he didn't get his head crushed in by some angry husband whose wife he'd rooted, like Bob Crane. Uh, in the middle yeah, of filming, right. doing a porn film about it. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> and, uh, mind you, I don't think Burkholder or Schultz got their head caved in by a jealous husband either. I'll tell you what, Sergeant Schultz's sex tape is amazing. <laughs> John Banner. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, you wouldn't expect <clears throat> him to be as lithe as he is, but he could move like oh, a snake. Off it, Brian. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, great. One of my favourite shows of all time is Hogan's Hero. So, me too. Clink! Sad what death. a marvellous idea. <laughs> Hogan! <laughs> I, love Bur- I love Burke. I love Burke Yeah, Burke Holler was terrific. Burke Holler was terrific. Why did you go up with my sister Brunhilda? <laughs> he um he lived to be really old. He was one of the last yeah. surviving members too. Leon Afkin. Yeah. yeah, and he was as big as four people. Yeah, yeah. and then there it, was there was Major Hogstetter. Oh, Who yeah. is oh. this man? <laughs> yeah, the Gestapo guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that was a great show. Yeah, it was yeah, a very it. good show. Very, very good show. Um, I loved it so much that I used to record the audio of, of it on an audio cassette. Did you really? So I, so I could listen back to it. I don't think I ever did, but I did record them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, before video recorders happened. But uh, I, loved, I loved that show. And I, lo- I yeah. love World War Two stuff. So funny World War Two. Uh, yeah. Both buttons. Uh, it was a very good show. Very well done. Rip off of the great movie Starlog 13. Now what yeah. are you now you were watching when I phoned you the other night, Brian, you were watching all along all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. I know I saw a review of that in one of the weekend papers. Has it been reimagined or rejigged or so have they done something to it that it's it's out and about again? Well, I don't know that I've seen the original, which I think was a black and white movie, but this is all in colour. So they've Yeah, look, it's look, I keep falling asleep. Um, during it, but um, it's okay. Too quiet on the Western Front. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's way too quiet on the Western Front. Uh, you remember that famous line, don't you, Kevin? Which one? Quiet will, quiet will wake Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's apparently one of the characters in the movie says that, and that's what woke me up. I said, "I better to go to bed." But no, that looks pretty good. <laughs> it, it looks pretty good. Um, 
in any World War Two movie, I'm pretty happy with, except Pearl Harbor. But yeah, great. Oh, you mean the the recent Pearl Harbor one? Oh, for God's with, sake! With Ben Affleck and and um, Stephen Tyler's daughter and all those in it. No, I don't see it. Oh, she might have been. Yeah, Liz, yeah. I think, Liz, I think yeah, Liv Tyler. Yeah, I think but was. you know, 1942. Sixty percent of the population smoke. There's not one cigarette in three-hour movie. <laughs> Don't rewrite f-ing history. You know, you're going to know an historical film will be freaking accurate, but to have nobody have a cigarette in a three-hour movie about 1942 is a sin. Fair enough. Strange way to watch a movie waiting for somebody to have a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> it's an That's how, interesting thing to be looking for in a film, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the only reason I watch a movie to see somebody having a dory. Yep. <laughs> I don't reckon, I don't reckon uh, the Elephant Man smoked in his film either. I thought he stuck one up his nose halfway through, <laughs> but I could be wrong. No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No. All right, J- June 20, 1975. Uh I like this chart. It's good. In fact, I like this chart so much, I got one bad one and five goods. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could go down that road. I've got some other, other bad ones, but I there is there are some in the goods that are I can't leave them out. I can't cut okay. it to three. Yeah, right. Good. I just can't because there's Yeah, there's, well, I've got I've got something interesting as well, so maybe we're similar. Yeah, there's five songs there that I just I can't I can't uh, I can't not have them in because they're just oh, they're have, just they're just the best. Uh, well, I, I I haven't pre prepared tonight's survey. Oh, so I've been sort of. Well, I it's been a travel day, and the Virgin was a bit late, so um, you know. So you were lucky. I'll, I'll tell you what, you were I, lucky I, I to get out of Melbourne. You were very lucky to get out of Melbourne. I couldn't wait to get out of Melbourne. I watched uh, I, I, a couple of people, uh, very famous people who are in Melbourne at the moment, uh, Richard E. Grant being one of them. He, I think his flight to Adelaide was cancelled three or four times because of the winds. So, Oh. Yeah. That's, that, that's that, that actor, that English actor, yeah? Yeah, he's, very, he's a terrific actor, yeah. Whitnell Whitten, and I. And, yeah, Whitnell and I, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. he's terrific. Yeah, yeah no, we, we like him. Yeah, he's very good. Very good. He's my do. he's my number two best, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> who who is it? Not Jimmy Nail. No, Richard E. Grant, who played no. uh, Whitnell. Yeah, Fight. Jimmy, Jimmy Nail. Nail. I remember Jimmy Nail. Out, ain't no doubt about it. Was that that song? Yeah, but he yeah he also was on a really good TV. Yeah, show. he was. A, yeah, he was an actor. Yes, he was he's from Newcastle. Yeah. Well, I think I think Mark was right, Kevin, that it wasn't Jimmy Nail. So He's there you go. Correct. I nailed well it. said. <laughs> you, you nailed it. Absolutely. All right, Finey, what do you got for us? Uh, three, two, and one here as we look at uh, June 20, 1975. Okay. So very quickly, I just want to tell you that my this absolutely was when I started loving music, listening to Watching Countdown, yep. three XY charts, I'd go to my dad's shop and I'd run to brushes, I'd get the charts. You know, this is it. This is my awakening for music. So very quickly, my 321 when I was 10 is very different to my 321 now. So I'm just going to give you my 321 when I was 10. Yeah. Would have been yesterday's hero, January and Boney Maroney. Oh, that's yeah, I would have had two of them when I was when I was 13, 14. It would have been yeah. Boney Maroney, not January so much, but um, – Bernie Maroney and Yesterday's Here, I love those songs. Yeah, yeah but I, 
I'm going to say they haven't really held up for me, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I'm, okay. I, I'm in total agreement. Okay. So, number three, bad. Mm-hmm. I think I'm quoting the great Brian Mannix by saying this guy did a lot of good stuff, but f- he did a lot of crap as well, I've decided. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is Gene Pitnick. Oh, and then I checked uh. up. And Gene Pitney just started releasing songs only in Australia, like Trans-Canada Highway. Yeah, which, it's true. Which, which was the bane of my young life, I remember, and Blue Angel, which was no better. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he had some great songs. What's, what's that one he did with, with redone with Mark Armand? 24 Hours to some, Tulsa. Some, he did. Somebody hurt in my heart. Standing on the inside is a really great song that you did. No, I, I'm always that famous one. Somebody's something in my heart, or that was famous. Then he had, he had a lot of great songs. Yeah, he did. But Blue Angel was certainly not one of them. And Trans Canada Highway is a piece of crap. Yeah, correct. So number three, bad. Blue Angel. Yeah, good, good choice. I'm with you. Number three, good. I feel bad because I know that you guys will love this song. Because you love this bloke, but actually, I really like this song. It's probably, oh, look, I, there's a couple of songs I liked of his, but I love One Man Band. Oh, Leo. Yeah. yeah. Good song. I think that's a really good song. So that's my number three. Yeah, it's a good, that's a really good choice. He didn't make it into my five, but he was on my list. Certainly on my list. I loved, I loved that uh, Just a Boy album and that early stuff for Leo's. I thought it was terrific. Right, O'Brien. Well, I'm a little bit like uh, Finey here in that songs that I liked when I was, say, 12 or 13 from this chart, I think are just shithouse now. And so my number uh, three worst is going to be number 25, 35. 35. Rack, rack off Normie, you um, and your mates. Yes. This is a celebration of everything that was really bogan about Australia. And at the time I thought it was great. But um, Did you? I just don't. I don't think it holds up to the test of time. Yeah, um, more, I'm, in, I'm, more in Elkdale. Well, it was the it was the female answer to the Newcastle song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly right. Which if yeah. you, I think Bob. Which I think it, I think that's in the chart as well. Yeah, it, it is. Bob's in here at uh, where is he? Bob, uh, Bob Bob Hudson at number twenty. But it was a well, it was a top five song Newcastle songs. So that was the female answer to that. Well, look out for number two. Um, uh, number three, good. Mm. Now, a lot of people are going to not be happy about this, but when you are 13 or 12 and you're starting your first rock band, this was the go-to band. You know, it was easy to play and you, you could play them quite well. I'm talking about status quo. Oh, and down, and down, down. down. Um, you know, it's about, well, it's, it's filthy, which is great. And... Um, it's only got three chords, maybe four, but it's really easy to play. And I was talking to my brother about the other day and about music in the 70s, and um, it's like in the 70s the beat sort of came, you know, the toughness came from the guitar. These days it's all about drums and bass. And you listen to some of these old 70s records and the guitar is so loud, but I think people danced to the guitar because he's got dun 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 So you got your beat from the guitar. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, down, down, status quo, you know, they had a simple formula, but the, geez, they had some great songs and, um, and you know, this is it's a bit sentimental for me, so I, I don't expect everybody to agree with me, but 
it's sentimental for me because I remember, you know, my band Hash. And after you know, playing <laughs> down, down, yeah, you got to see some 12-year-olds singing, you know, down, down, want to go down on you and um, <laughs> tutti fruity want a Rudy. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, it was great. It was So status quo. Down, down, number three, good. I love status quo. They were they were uh, on the bill of the first concert I ever went to, the first proper concert I ever went to, which was Slade, Status Quo, Linda's Farm, and Caravan. That was that was the first proper concert I ever went to in the early part of the seventies. So I love status quo. I, I even liked like you know the pictures of Matchstick Men and all that really early stuff yeah. they did. Yeah. Then when they yeah. came and did this, I loved them. Uh, loved playing them on the radio. Jesus, they were good to play on the radio because it was like. Yes, here we go. Turned up and and uh, loved that. Only time I didn't like them was when they came into the radio station in Brisbane to do an interview. I think they toured in about yeah. must have been seventy seven, seventy eight, or somewhere around there. Yeah, and they came in to do the interview, and it was um, Francis Rossi and uh, Richard Parfit. Yep, and I called him Rick, and he cracked the shits. Oh, really? I called him Ricky. I called him Ricky, actually. I said, uh, Francis Rossi and Ricky Parfit, and he cracked the shits, and we went played the first song, and then the tour person came around and stood behind me and pulled my headphones off the back of me and said, don't call him Ricky. And I looked up, and he's looking at me because he knew I was getting the message, and it was like, so there's my last, don't call me Ricky. I was like, oh, okay. That's a bit tricky. Yeah, it was a bit. Week, isn't it? It was a yeah. bit. I thought it was a bit, you know. I was they. At- they- they didn't sing on the um, uh, what's the English feed the world thing? Uh, feed the world, don't they know it's Christmas? Yeah, the uh, the Bob Geldof thing, Midjour thing. Yeah, yeah, because um, they got there early and they were so freaking pissed by the time they were recording that they nah, we're not using you blokes. But they opened live aid with rocking all around, rocking all over the world, which was a great way to, oh, okay. to start it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, they, anyway. so I did. I, I love status quo. They're not in my. They didn't make it into my five good ones and my one bad one. I'll hold my no. one bad one. I'll go with my fifth in my in my my goods. Love a new Minnie Ripperton. I just reckon it's a beautiful song. I think she sings it so well. It's just it's so different to anything else that was around at that time, and her voice was so different to anything else. It just stood out like dogs, and you just went, "Wow, that's really good." And uh, uh, she unfortunately passed away at a very early age. Did Minnie, but. Um, I think she had something, some oh, ridiculous. Cancer, I think. Yeah, cancer? some. She had some ridiculous octave range that was that was off oh. the charts. It was like a ten octave range or something, and well, people that, used that, to. That note what? she sings in it is oh. like it's like a sparrow getting kicked in the balls. It's well, amazing. Yeah. Dogs, dogs run around in circles and disappear into the ethos <laughs> when, when she hits that note. It's just it's one of those. But it's a, it's a lovely song, and I think she sings it beautifully. And I just I've always always thought it was really good. In the middle of all that kind of rock and roll stuff that we were playing, that was one of the few kind of ballady kind of songs that I went, wow, that's really good. Did you make out to with a couple of chicks to that song, Kev? Oh, I can't remember. Is, it, is there a bit of sentimental value? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and when, I, she, I and when she hit Mary that Allen. note... And that, once you hit that note, that, I went screaming around the that, room like a dog, yeah. That, yeah. that was the time. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. So your, 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 your number three is good is your favourite rooting song from 1975. No, it's not. That's by no means so, that was it. Kev, Kev, it's up to me and Finey to describe what you picked, all right? <laughs> okay. Not you, all right? Right. Okay. Right, Finey, what have we got at number two? No, you've got to do your number four good because oh. you've got to do two at a time. Oh, okay. I'll do my number four good. 
it, it, fairly similar. It's another one of those, the few kind of uh, really pretty songs that, that uh, cut through, and that was uh, My Eyes Adored You by Frankie Valli. I, I mentioned last week how much I liked The Four Seasons and Frankie Valli, and that's that's the other one, My Eyes Adored You. I've got one more too that's another syrupy one. Look, unfortunately, I've got a story about Frankie Valli as well. I'm, Have you? I'm sorry to – yeah. When I first started doing Dance with the Stars, um, we came up – so I was working in Queensland, so Melanie came up with us and um, we she organised us to stay at Star City and because um, she knew the bloke. And so he set up a dance hall for us to practice and that was good so I could do my gigs and we could practice during the day. But she got invited to see Frankie Valley. And Frankie Valley and he had these three young guys be in the four seasons that were obviously very, very talented. And then she got to go afterwards to the big, you know, penthouse party with Ooh. Frankie Valley. But everybody said, well, Melanie felt that he was miming and a lot of the audience were unhappy because he had so much Botox in his face oh. that he that he couldn't move his face or his <laughs> lips. And that's, I think, why everybody thought he was miming. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But, you know, it's unusual that you go to a gig and say, how was the concert? Ah, no, nah, too much Botox. <laughs> um, so there you go. It might have happened at a Joan Rivers concert, but you wouldn't have expected it of Frankie hey, Valley concert. Don't knock Joan Rivers. She died doing what she loves, having surgery. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I shared a stage with Joan Rivers once. Um, really? Yeah. Tell us about that. No, well, I will one day, not now. Um, all right, so uh, that's my – Frankie Valley's my other one, so there you go. All right, uh, finey. Bot- Botox boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. There we go. Now, just a little thing on Minnie Ripperton. Yeah. So she did die very young, but she was married and she had a daughter. Mm. And that daughter is the former SNL star. And she's been in movies. She's anim- part of a very popular animated series called Big Mouth called Maya Rudolph. Oh, really? Yeah. Is she Minnie half- Ripperton's daughter? Yep, half, half African-American, half Jewish. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, all you, Jewish. All, actually, she's yeah, called, yeah, she describes herself as <laughs> well, her, father her father's Jewish. No, she describes herself as Jewish and African American. So, oh, oh, okay. Is, Ju- uh, is, is Judaism a race or a religion, Fanny? Both. Okay, fine. Fair enough. I've learned something. Yeah. This is good. Because, uh, like, I, I can see you can be half a, nas- a nation, but I can't see how you can be half a – oh, I saw probably half a Catholic, so what am I talking about? Go on, Fonny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get half a mongrel. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Um, no, no, no. No, Fonny, what you get is the Bacchus Marsh. What's that? Halfway to Ballarat. Uh, half, uh, <laughs> right, uh, what's number two, Fonny? All right, so number two, good, I've been gazumped. Oh, sorry. Mm. Bye. No, that's My eyes adored you. Oh, nice. Though um, I never laid a hand on you, my eyes adored you. Yeah. Good song. Oh, lovely it's great. song. great. Lovely song. Yep. Hang on, we've lost him. He was he was fiddling with something. Oh, I think, I think he's really pissed off. That you know, I jumped in and didn't you know let him finish what he was going to say. So he, said, he just said, "Stuff this." So I'm just hanging no, up. No, 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 he's not. He's come straight back again. He's pushed the wrong button. He's, he's going to make some pumpkin soup and say, "Stuff you." I reckon. No, I don't, I don't think he's got the shits with you at all, Brian. I think finally was, well, was perfectly. No, 
Oh, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, baby. All right. So Frankie Valley's oh. number two good. That's a lovely choice. I, I, I concur with you, my learned friend. What's your number two bad? So, you know, they say if you're ever if if you're ever if you ever hear Maureen McGovern, no. you're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Maureen McGovern? Oh no, the building's going to catch on fire, or the ship's going to sink. Yep. So, of course, she's the one who's saying think, think there's going to be a morning after in Poseidon Adventure, which was no good for Shelley. She'd already died. Yes, yeah, she, she had too. You know. She got stuck in the bilge. You're too fat, Shelley. <laughs> that Red Buttons was with her in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Red Buttons Red Buttons was in Towering Inferno. Shelley Winters was in Poseidon Adventure with Ernest Borgnine and my mate, Jen Hackman. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, couldn't fit through, but she did plug the, plug the leak for a while, um, <laughs> which was very, very, you know, decent of her. Yeah, um, she do. Yeah. <laughs> So those songs, you know, are just the worst songs. We may never love like this again. You know, the, the, you're about to get roasted alive in a building, but don't worry, Maureen singing. Dad said hopeless. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, very, very uh, forgettable song. Brian, yeah. Brian. Okay, let me tell you something. Mm. Um. Hang on, I've got to remember what I was going to say. Um, Roger Whittaker, The yeah. Streets of London. No, what? that's Ralph McTell. Ralph McTell. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> um, Ralph McTell, Roger Whittaker would have handled it with more aplomb, but. Well, oh, Roger, Roger would have whistled it. Well, you know, so would, you know. If, if Shelley Winters wasn't plugging the leak, she probably would have had a bit of a whistle going as well. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but no, I, Streets of London, look, you know, it, it, it's, it's not horrible, but it just doesn't really. Have you seen the old man, the born out I'll tell you something, make you change your mind. Well, I've changed my mind about Ralph Mattel, I'll tell you what. I thought he was a good bloke and he's a freaking <laughs> asshole. Fair so enough. that's why. That's my number two bad, mm-hmm. and you know, gee whiz, you can you can you got a, a real smorgasbord of um, good ones here, um, and I'm going to go for uh, my number two good is going to be. Um, I think something at the end. Um, actually, I'm going to give my old mate John English a go. I think "Turn the Page" is a great song. It's a good song. Yeah, and. If he hadn't have gone and had his hair dyed, he'd probably still be alive. He had to go and get his hair dyed before he went to the hospital, I'm told. Oh, um, really? So take that. Well, he, just, he was getting a bit of grey He said, no, I'll get my hair done first. And he got to the hospital late, and I think that was part of the problem, according oh, okay. to Cora Lee. But, um, look, you know, don't quote me on that. But, um, yeah. But turn the page. You know, once again, it's a it's a story, and it's a really good story. I don't it's think a Bob it's Seger original. song, I think. Yeah, it's not an original, but it's it's a great story. Yeah, you know? um, I'm pretty sure Bob Seger wrote it. Well, well done, Bob Seger. Well done, John English, and uh, that's my number two pick. There you go. Good choice. Thank you. Good choice. Now I got uh, two more to give you from my good pile. Uh, one you won't like at all, Brian, because it is the Eagles' best of my love. But I saw them live 
In I can't mind it. In 70, I reckon it must have been 74, given this chart was 75, or it could have been 75 when they toured. And at the end of the show for the, um, the I think it was the, the, I think it was the last song of the, before the encore. No, it was the encore song. Um, the second song in the encore, they uh, did uh, did Best of My Love and it was uh, Henley got out from the drums and they all just sat around uh, like on uh, on stools with acoustic guitars and did Best of My Love and, Jesus, it was beautiful. It was just jaw-droppingly perfect. I'd, uh, I'd not heard uh, a band sing so purely um, in that sort of uh, – and Festival Hall in Brisbane was a shithole of a place to watch bands – the acoustics were terrible, and uh, but they actually sang, and it was like, my God, that is just absolutely brilliant. So um, that song has always lived really well, even though it flogged the bejesus out of it on the radio. Uh, it's one of the songs that's actually always been uh, always lived really well with me. And the other one is uh, the song that in this chart is number thirty three, but I just think it's such a great rock and roll song. And that's trampled underfoot by Led Zeppelin. What a good yeah. song! What a what a Romp that is, and Plant sings it really well, and uh, the whole thing. And I loved Led Zeppelin when I was before I got into radio, and then got into radio, and they did a couple of songs when I was in radio that you just went, "Oh God, please let me play this one today." Um, and this was one of them, "Trampled Underfoot." I loved; thought it was a great song. So they're they're my two in that pile. So I've got good and a bad to go. Right. So when you when you say jaw dropping, Kev. You're saying this is a, spot, a song that inspired oral sex. <laughs> Not everything I did with music in 1975 had to do with my sex life, Brian. Jeez, everything I did had to do, but anyway. <laughs> Brian, you were 13. You dirty, filthy little go to your room, Mannix. I, I, I had filthy thoughts, so I was still a long way from I was know, 19. Involved. I was allowed to do that sort of stuff. Um, no, I just could think about it. You were, you were, you were given 10 Hal Marys and sent to your room. Well, I liked my jaw-dropping songs, though. I thought, <laughs> oh, now my chance. But anyway, all no, right. They were good. I thought the concert was really good, and I really enjoyed the concert. And then when they did this, I just thought, my God, they took it – they actually took it to another level for me when, when they played that. And it was a week where I think in the, the week that I saw them live, Fleetwood Mac were live that week. The Doobie Brothers were later in the week, and there was someone else up here. It was a, one of those massive weeks of all these bands being in town. Um, you know what happened when Fleetwood Mac came to town? Nobody could get any cocaine. It's terrible. Fleetwood Mac had bought it all. <laughs> it was, uh, well, everybody in uh, Australia going, well, there's no cocaine around. Yeah, <laughs> Stevie, Nick, Stevie Nicks has got it all. <laughs> Which she well documents in her book, I'm told, along with everyone that she ever slept with. Um, right, it's O'Fanning. Up, it's called up my ass. <laughs> Not the what the book. Uh, finally, you yeah. have Blue Angel by Gene Pitney, and we may never love like this again by Maureen McGovern. On the bad side, in case anyone was wondering, on the good side, One Man Band by Leo Say, and My Eyes Adored You by Frankie Valley. That's a good list. So, what do we got at the top? Number one, good. You know, I was tempted to do the unthinkable and have this as number one good and number one bad in the Ooh. same list. Ooh. The minute this song starts, I just think it's a beautiful song with a sad but beautiful sentiment. But it is a very lazy song. It's a very short song. It seems to start with a chorus and end with the same chorus and have very little in between. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's beautiful. Lonely People by America. Wow. Mm. 
Okay. It's, it's, you know, it, it's a song, you know, people listen to music and a lot of it evokes love and whatever, but a lot of people want somebody but don't have somebody. Mm. And it's just beautifully sung. This is for all oh, the lonely people. I, I, I'm a massive America fan. Massive America fan. It's a, they're probably lazy people, but you know, I think it's a very, very beautiful tune. Yeah, and it a very is beautiful song. Yeah, it is. It's simple. It's simple as, and it's beautifully played. And he sings it. Uh, they, they sing it uh, a treat. Yeah. One of the members of uh, the the current band, because uh, the, they're only a duo these days, um, married an Australian girl and lives spends most of his time out here. Oh. Yeah, because I'm actually I'm actually trying to get an interview with him, and that's how I know that that's the case. Um, I think he might actually be here now. Um, now I'm he- assuming I'm going to gazump you both for the number one band. Look, mm, I don't know about what that. I love about what I love about Australia. Huh? I think you're going to give up, mate. What I used to love about Australia was how innocent we were and how gullible we were and how simple we were. Now we're just like the rest of the world, cynical and f***. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1975, we were just these, these sort of wide-eyed, backward yokels, and I love that. It was a great time to grow up. It was beautiful. Yeah. But how f- Retarded were we to allow <laughs> Kelly Savalas <laughs> to talk a song? Now I listened to it today. I'd never heard it before, oh. and I spent three minutes waiting for him to start singing. <laughs> now give the man his dues. Not many film clips start just with a bloke lighting up a cigarette, <laughs> and yes. not many songs include the person actually smoking said cigarette. <laughs> He didn't. It didn't stop him from having a cigarette. No. So it's not much of a song, really. <laughs> if you can do it while you're having a dart, it's actually a lovely song. Yeah, he's more a of a lot. He didn't sing it. <laughs> he was more of a lollipop guy than a smoker, as I recall. But um, you know, well, he's branched song. out. All right. It's a bit creepy because I did the math, and he was 53 when he released this talkie. talkie. <laughs> he had a whole album. He did a whole album, and this uh, this uh, an old David Gates and Bread song, which was a really lovely song when David yeah. Gates and Bread did it. But yeah, Telly Telly. If a picture paints a th- but there's no singing in it. No. He just talks it to a picture of a girl that is in her, a teenager. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's like a fifty-something-year-old man. It's like me talking to my daughter's. Friends, it was uh, it's no. appalling. <clears throat> it's a, it's yeah. just, but there we were back in 1975 paying good money. Oh, listen to this. If he if, was a big star, well, that was obviously because of the TV show, he was a massive star because of that. Yeah. They, they, why, they, didn't he, why didn't he just, why didn't he just light up the cigarette, say, Who loves your baby? And, <laughs> and <laughs> because, because <laughs> I had never, I've never been sucked in more. If you listen to it, it's actually quite cleverly done as a prank because he talks and then there's a bit of music and you just think, right, now he starts singing. No, he keeps nope. talking. <laughs> it sucked me in right to the end because I couldn't uh, believe he never sung it. He just talked it. If a, uh, very good. If a picture paints a thousand words, That's why yep. can't I paint you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Must be big at the discos. 
I think you did oh. send in the. I, I think you said send in the clowns as well on that album. Yeah, I can't remember all the other songs, but that was the only one that that got. Uh, it actually got airplay. It was played on the as a day a day song. It was. It never darkened the doors of the night. And you know what? And you know what upset me about that song the most? Why did we need him to sing that song? When we had Leonard Teal going around. Oh, good point. Oh, Leonard would have done good. a wonderful version of that. Could have done have it with a his, pork pie hat on. He would heard have, his yeah. version of Stairway to Heaven. It's terrific. So, oh, yeah, Teal. he did too, yes. Yeah, on that Stairways to Heaven album. that Denton, uh, Denton, Denton got him to do it. Denton did, yeah. That's, yeah. That was a great album. He had, he, he had a magical voice, Leonard Teal, for that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. River. There was yeah. movement at the station so yeah, the word had passed people. around. Yeah, wonderful. Very nice. Tell his Avalas from Old Regret. All right, what uh, what do you got, Brian? Well, I think we're going to go for the worst one, Kevin. We're going to, uh, look, this was great at the time, but it just hasn't held up to the uh, yeah, the test of time. And it's number 20. It's uh, the Newcastle song by uh, uh, Bobby Hudson. Bobby Hudson, man, you know, good on you, Bobby. You you captured a moment there for a while, but uh, no, it's uh, no, no, it's 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 it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't, was fine. Doesn't travel it's well, does it? Yeah, doesn't travel. No, well. no. And number one, well, you know, there's a lot of a lot of ones that I could pick as number one, but you know, I think uh, number twenty six. Oh, Akadaka. Baby, please don't go. Yeah, that was that was the first thing we heard from them, and it was like, wow, this band's exciting, and the guitarist is really good. That you know, you hear the original, and the way they played is much much better. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's my number one good, and that way nobody would be offended if I pick ACDC as the number one song because everybody likes ACDC. So yep. I've just covered my ass. So there you go. Good on you. Good, nice bit of ass covering there, Brian. Well, you know, it's a great ass. It's a pity to cover it, but uh, go on, Kev. What have you got? Yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to stop. Uh, number one band. <laughs> this song this song is just awful. Before the Next Teardrop Falls by Freddie Fender is just an awful, awful song, and we had to play it because it was so big and he had a cup wasted days and wasted nights and, oh, God, and the program manager of Brisbane, the station I was working at in Brisbane, was a bit of a country music fan. He loved his Freddie Fender. So <clears throat> it wasn't like a lot of songs in those days, like If by Telly Savellas, was only played between 10 and 6. So it didn't get played in breakfast because it was too dull and boring uh, and didn't get played after 6 because, you know, the kids were listening at night and they didn't want the kids hearing things like, you know, Poor old Uncle Telly going, if a picture paints a thousand words, <laughs> send me a nudie of you, little girl. So they didn't want <laughs> they didn't want that and they didn't want, you know, and the dog died and someone ate my homework and, uh, and twang, 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 twang. But the bloody program director there didn't they part Freddie Fender, so we used to have to play him at night and it used to drive me nuts. So Freddie's got the number one spot. And the number hey, one. Hey, what did it do to your nuts? <laughs> it drove me nuts. Oh, okay. Sorry. See again, sorry. Brian. Not everything I did in the music in '75 was about my sex life. You missed 1975 completely, Kev. 
It was all about the sex life in 1975. You misinterpreted the whole year. No, no, no. You misinterpreted what I said. I said everything about 1975 wasn't about my sex life. Not everything. Oh, Something, so some were, things were, were a few things. not everything was. My number so, one good. And, and is this something about your sex life, Ken? No, number one, your it. number one good. No, right, sorry. nothing to do with it. Just, I'm going to be quiet now. I just think this song, uh, uh, just still, I still like hearing this song. I, I love this band. I think this band were a really good band. Uh, you know, and I've left Sherbet out of this because Summer Love was a good song. I've left, I've left Leo Sayer out of my list. I've left Kiki D's. Good song out of my list. I've left Hush out of this list, and I put Skyhook's Ego in because I just reckon that still is a great song, and I still really think they're a very, very good band. It was a pity that um, they didn't uh, didn't get some overseas success, but they're probably never going to because they're probably a bit too Australian, unfortunately. But never mind. Um, but I loved them. I thought they were. I thought they were terrific. I, I must admit, I became good mates with Cheryl, and he's just he, he was a he was a terrific fella. Um, in terms of a uh, generous human being, um, yep. and uh, he was he was good fun, and they were a good fun band, very good fun yeah. band. So. And they were innovative, Kev. Nobody else sounded like them. You know, I doubt, I doubt on any Skyhooks record, anybody even plays a chord. It's all riffs. Bongo and Red are just playing riffs, and it's really rare the way the music structured and well done to Ross Wilson for producing it. Yeah, and it, and even better that he signed him up to the publishing. <laughs> and Gedinsky <laughs> was filthy because <laughs> Ross Wilson would be making a fortune out yeah. of Skyhawks' um, song catalogue. So, uh, well done, Ross the boss. And a lot of people uh, talk about Vander and Young and and you know the, the great songwriters of Australian music history. And Graham Gobel gets mentioned in there as he should for the stuff that he wrote for LRB. Not a lot said about Greg McCainch and, and uh, what great songs he wrote, um, maybe for their time in some ways, but I, I still reckon a lot of them, um, all my friends are getting married. All, a lot of those songs are still very, very good songs. He deserves uh, much more credit, I reckon, as a songwriter. He probably gets the checks, but I reckon he deserves a lot more of the um, the peer credit than he gets. Lo- Love's Not Good Enough is one of oh, their songs on that album. What a great uh, song. Yeah. <laughs> And and I think what's really great about Greg McCainch too is McCainch. I'm sorry, I always say it wrong. Um, you know, even never around how to get kicks for me. But um, <laughs> he he um, he th- he was daring. He was brave. You know, nobody wrote about lying on the street or getting a screw in Baldwin and yep. shit. And he just had the guts to do that. And the band and Ross Wilson, you know, had this sound that. Nobody sounded like that. Oh, and, God, no. You know, no, and, then, you know, and the, I reckon the record really holds up because it doesn't sound like 1975. It doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds like them. Yeah. And I, and I think that's that's a great position to be in, you know, great legacy for them. And they were good live. I remember seeing them at, again at Festival Hall in Brisbane and they were really good. Um, they were funny. Yeah. They were entertaining. Yeah, they you were. Know, they were colourful. They were great. And they weren't. And, they weren't off the planet like Split Ends were at that stage. Yeah, and they weren't. You know, a bunch of dirty hippies in jeans doing a nine-minute guitar solo. You know, which late seventies that happened quite yeah, a bit. Very true. But no, they they were innovative and they were terrific. And and I've worked. I've been lucky enough to work with all of them. And um, really great people. Really yeah. great people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very good. <laughs> 1975, we all uh, tied that up in a little bow and put that in the corner. Now that one's done. And my apologies to uh, those who like to see the chart before we do it. I didn't put it up before we uh, we did the recording this week. I, I was sloppy with that, so I apologise. I've got it up right now, Keith. Good. Uh, that's terrific because it's election week and I'm glad you've got one. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm doing my Benny Hill. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, uh, Mr. Fine. And uh, head to... Uh, 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 Lenny's head fine to- food. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you idiot! To head to, oh, head to uh, <laughs> Lenny's fine foods in uh, beautiful uh, North Caulfield and uh, and see Mark and uh, check out the soup and the sandwiches and the falafels and the rolls and all the things that are good there. And it'll yeah, be George. Good. It'll it'll be George dropping. George dropping. Yes. Just uh, head down there. It'll be George. <laughs> yeah, good. You are half a mongrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, you're a whole mongrel. Yes. Thank you, boys. Have a lovely week. We'll talk next week. See ya. See ya. I love everybody. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 